every now and then uh, working at a restaurant, you, you get people that have really fun requests and they want things done a certain way. And I don't know if it's because they're really that particular or, or they think that they're that special or also if like they just want to feel more special. <laughs> and this is so one time out for the week and they want to feel like they're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh we had this table. It was this dude and his girlfriend or wife or whatever he's already being very peculiar with one of the servers that's taking care of them and you know they're getting some things besides that shouldn't be sides but whatever we can upcharge them like that's not the problem yeah the problem becomes whenever he wants one of the chefs that we have to come out and cut his steak for him. Table. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, you can have no, him that would never and on top him. of that, if you saw the cooks, you would be like, get them, take this food back. <laughs> that is disgusting. That is a disgusting, gross man that just cooked my food. Oh, he's miserable too. He's acting like he's at like a chef's table thing in Netflix. Yeah, or like I was like, I was like, would Salt Bay do that? Is that what he's is that a Salt Bay thing? And he wants to be with Salt Bay. That guy who has two thousand dollar steaks on his menu but won't pay his fucking staff more than 18 an hour. <laughs> you fucking butts. <laughs> You fucking putts. Crazy. Yeah, so... Yeah, he wasn't very happy whenever... Unanimously, everybody, even our... our Especially our, our newish manager, she yeah. really tries hard to make sure that the customers go away happy. Like, she will go... She will bend over backwards and do a flip for them if they want i have to reach the point where i don't give a fuck i'm like if you're not happy with this and you didn't vocalize it then that isn't on me yeah i really hope he left a great yelp review complaining that you didn't cut his steak for him that would be amazing (laughs) that would be good that is some like south park shit yeah like if i was you guys i'd take that put it on your whatever social media use and be like they say we're not full service (laughs) <laughs> yeah one star review from the one guy that wanted us to literally cut his steak for him because he's a six-year-old yeah. child in a 25-year-old man's body <laughs> oh my god yeah speaking of six-year-old kids why not what are we guys? talking about today dude i'm so excited to be here if you don't know you should know this is the two bears meter review part of the pop culture forest over there is the vanilla bear patrick how's it going patrick dude doing all right i'm seeing better every day for those of you who are wondering yes they do now perform lasik eye surgery on bears yes they do how about it and And over here is uh the chocolate bear mundo and we are diving deep into the rivers of pop culture talking about all of our favorite movies books 
TV shows and something right in between of all these things, the holiday specials. Oh yeah. You don't, you're not a real holiday unless if you got holiday specials. That's, that's true. I mean, that's, that's that's the issue with Thanksgiving, right? That's the issue with like MLK day. That's true. That's true. There's no there's MLK like major films about it, but there's you're not like waiting for MLK Day, like oh man, that movie's gonna come on 24. Right. Hours a However, day. <laughs> Christmas comes around, and instinctively my stomach gets excited because of three things that are going to be rotating on the TV at various times. Uh, I remember before we had like DVR where we could just record things, you know. My dad and I would get the the TV guide and we would sift through the times that they were playing. So that way I knew whenever I had to be home so I could sit down and watch it with my family. Yeah. So it's like the, it, it's almost kind of like, uh, you know, back in the day, I don't know if they do it anymore, but back in the day they had 24 hour Twilight Zone marathons on New Year's uh, Eve through day. And then um, 4th of July, they had these Twilight Zone episodes. And my dad and I would sit there with the TV guide and read through every single description (laughs) of the Twilight Zone episodes just so we could find our favorite ones and know what time they were coming on. This is an era of TV that doesn't exist anymore. No, no, it's a little different. Which is nice that they keep these traditions. Um, no, mine's always though, been, uh, yeah, mine's always been the um, Christmas story. So, you know, 24 hours, put it on whenever you have nothing else to do. If you're opening presents, right, you just put it noise. on. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things that every now and then, if you look up and watch it within the next 90 seconds, something funny is going to happen. Yeah. I'm surprised exactly. they're still showing that. That, show, that movie's about to get me too to watch it. Uh, eventually that movie is about to get me too i think it it was brought up a couple years ago they almost took it off the 24 hour airing no fuck them they're cowards. situation and they're cowards yeah leave it on yeah absolutely <laughs> but the three that we're talking about we're not talking about a christmas story uh oh. so christmas story i think is maybe my third favorite christmas movie of course this is behind home alone 2 and uh batman returns is my second favorite christmas movie (laughs) stop it (laughs) do you consider die hard a christmas movie no it came out around christmas no do okay so there's four things that make a christmas movie okay okay for a movie to have to be a christmas movie it needs to have three of the four of them okay okay so one christmas music Two, Santa Claus or somebody pretending to be Santa Claus, like a like a mall okay. or something, right? Decorations or a tree. Oh, and the song can be carol carolers or regular music, by the way. Okay. And finally, uh, it must take place in the month of December. Die Hard gets little... three of the four, baby. It's a Christmas movie. Eh, all right. Okay. I mean, I've never really had the argument with people. It's not worth my time. But, you know. 
Well, that's what I always say when our people are like, Batman Returns, the one with Penguin. <laughs> I'm like, yep, 100% Christmas movie, check it. <laughs> Three out of four. <laughs> and like I said, Home Alone 2, definitely my yeah. favorite Christmas movie. At least the ones we're going to talk about today probably hit all four. So that's good. Yeah, probably. We'll keep <laughs> I count, think they though. do. Won't they? Yeah. Um, first off, uh, let's just name all of them. Uh, we have Santa Claus. So I, I have what I believe would be the chronological order of this universe's Santa. <laughs> I am assuming that it is the same Santa across all specials. That's a more fun way to think about these movies. That's the way that I thought about it. Yeah, yeah I like that. Okay. Yeah. So we have the story beginning, the ultimate prequel, the only prequel we ever needed. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Santa is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to yeah. town. Yeah, this whole this whole podcast has changed. This whole episode has changed now for me mentally. Because <laughs> now you're in the you know you're in my camp, huh? Yeah, yeah. This I, I see a, where you're going. This is one giant story. Yeah, <laughs> we have the two towers, the the Empire Strikes Back, if you will. The greatest segment of all is right in the middle. The second of our three stories, a year without a Santa Claus. And finally, though it is last in chronology, it would actually be first released. They did like a... Uh, like a Star Wars thing where they released the yeah. oldest one. They were going for it, yeah. They were trying to do <laughs> yeah. Star Wars on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer uh, uh, is, is the final in the chronology, but first one released. Uh, Patrick, before we get on here, we were talking a little bit about a year without a Santa Claus, weren't we? We were. Um, oh. Is that one your favorite out of these three? Yes. Because I'll tell you what, dude, I fucking feel like I could recite A Year Without a Santa Claus. I've seen that shit so much in my life. It's just so great. It really <laughs> the whole is. thing's entertaining from scene to scene. Um, you know, it's got musical bits that are just for weeks. They're not going to leave your brain no matter what time of year you watch the movie. Ain't that the truth, man? Like, yeah. it's... Come on. The characters they built in that, some of them are barely in it, but but it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, it's been 25 years since I probably saw it the first time and remembered it as a kid. And I, those are the two characters that, if you ask me about a Christmas movie, I'm like, I'm watching that one. Because <laughs> of those two, and they're hardly in it. Yeah, and they're, ba- they're yeah. worth it, man. I was just oh. telling one of my friends as we were talking about these, and I was explaining how we're going to talk about them for the podcast and we're talking about a year without a santa claus and i'm and i just like start getting so excited talking about whenever um the ice guys start singing and then he gets like his little mini ice men out and they come out they're like doing a chorus line where they're (laughs) wheeze mr icicle and i am like so happy just talking about i said i love this shit like i love it like it brings it genuinely makes me happy watching these oh my god and, and in particular to, that one yeah and you have to think the people that are writing this are like we're making a unique christmas experience right now 
I think they're just like, we're making this shit for kids. And then you get a stoner like me and I'm like, ah! <laughs> 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 guy with fire hair singing. <laughs> like, Whoa, watch out for that lightning bolt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, oh, um, I get it. Yeah. My mom is mother nature. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, and it, it does have it actually. I feel like that one has a fleshed out story. Out of all these, it's definitely the one that is most story like. We'll get yeah. through them. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, the I other ones, I think, take your your Christmas ideas <laughs> and mishmash them in a good way. Yeah. It's, I rewatched all um, of these for this. I didn't take very detailed yeah. notes like I normally do because these things are norm are like pretty ingrained uh, inside my brain. Yeah. As as I mean, I just watch these literally all the time. I just watched all three of them with not for this podcast, like two days before this, because I was watching the niece and nephew. You know. Yeah. I know you have the ultimate excuse now to watch all these things. Not that I needed it. No, but you know, <laughs> you, you get the pleasure of like, hey, let's watch this. You've never seen it and you're gonna love it. Hell yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um let's talk a minute right now because I feel like this these movies and in this time frame, we're talking about um late mid 60s to mid 70s i would say for for most of these things i think a year without a santa claus may have been the last major one to be produced uh but i feel like we were real close to maybe a stop motion like heightened experience uh if these took off differently back in back in the 70s i don't know what was going on but i mean honestly I think it's a matter of you know nowadays and especially going from the like early 2000s where everybody's so focused on like the making of aspect of things and i don't think that the 60s and 70s had that i don't know i didn't live then so maybe i'm wrong but just the way that you made th- make something is enticing to some people you know yeah Nightmare Before Christmas, I feel like, really revolutionized stop-motion animation. And since then, we've had a string of a few stop-motion movies, but it never really hit. It was always big in places like like Britain and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Wallace they and they seem to do that on a more regular, but yeah, like the Wallace and Gromits of the world. But I'm sure I, those are the ones I've seen, not all of them, but some of them, I'm sure there's other ones that are made because of wallace and gromit being so big over there like that's just a media that people do um and sometimes that lands over here but you're right it was nightmare before christmas there was a real there was a good long 20 25 30 year hiatus from it being used well and i think that the the biggest reason that might be is i love these specials with all my heart i wish i could marry them and have many baby christmas specials you know i wish they were women many stop motion babies yeah you'd never get anywhere be the worst yeah because they constantly stop moving (laughs) (laughs) you couldn't you logistically couldn't get any um but as much as i love these 
it is a little insulting the way that they move these characters. Like, it's janky, it's cluttered. Yeah. You know, everything is, and I'm not asking for things to be realistic, but, but like, okay, so there's a few scenes in this and I just watched a, uh, Santa Claus coming to town last night for this. So that one's the like most recent one in my memory. Yeah. But there are multiple times in these where like the background of the set that they're using, you can see like the formed cloth of the drapery that they have on the table behind them. Yeah. And I'm like, come on guys, like get care a little bit. <laughs> just, just, just a smidge. Yeah, make it look nice. Like nobody <laughs> saw that. The director who d- took hundreds of photos didn't see that on nope. day one and say, "Hey, can we fucking fix that, please? That's gonna look like shit." You know, there's that, and then there's also the factor of I don't know, like what the number is nowadays for stop motion as far as making it look smooth, but I'm sure they they did not go that diligently in the 70s. Oh, hell no. It wasn't like a millimeter of movement and then a picture and then another millimeter with the leg and then a picture, you know? They they do very, very wide leg movements and then take yeah, a picture, well, and that was the next... <laughs> you're absolutely right, yeah. Whereas Tim Burton took 24 pictures per second for yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas... 24 per second. That is the rate of which that a, a film reel moves people. That is natural. That looks like natural movement to a human. Is 24. We see the world in 24 frames per second. Jesus. These guys were definitely not doing that. <laughs> they didn't have the budget. They didn't have the time. No. They didn't have the inclination. They quite frankly, probably wouldn't have given a fuck if they had all three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just a different time. So shall we start? Shall we do this chronologically or release order? I want to do this chronologically now that you bring it up. All right, let's talk about I want to, I want to hear this evolution of Santa in all its glory. and times of Santa Claus. Beginning with Santa yeah. Claus is coming to town is what we would do. But before we get on with that, Patrick, you... Please, can you remind me, what is the best way for our listeners, new or old, to help us out? Yeah. Uh, Tell your friends and family. We're Spotify. We're on any of your major podcast sites or apps that you can get on. Uh, Leave us our five-star reviews. What? Especially Spotify, because we have... Uh, these two bears, they go on all platforms, but the whole feed of our of our uh, eclectic uh, cat- catalog is on Spotify. Yep, even some of our good old-time classics, some of our favorite conversations, so make sure you take a listen. Yeah, um, yeah tell your friends and family. Let us know. Yeah, and come in contact with us. We are at PopCultureF on Twitter. Uh, I could definitely be more active on that. That is without question, but... This is what happens whenever you don't have social media for three years on end. You don't really know how to use it anymore. <laughs> and of course, you can email us uh, at popcultureforest at gmail.com. Uh, please send us something. Uh, and so let's just let's just get on with it. Uh, yeah. 
a year with not a year without samples, but Santa Claus is coming to town is a television special that was written by Romeo Mueller and directed by Arthur Rankin Jr. and Jules Bass, uh, released on December 14th, 1970. Uh, and I'll tell you this right now, Patrick, I, I had a huge smile on my face for this because the WWE champion at that time was the <laughs> living legend, Bruno Sammartino. In the middle, eh, not the middle, more like the ass end of his legendary record holding seven plus year reign as WWE champion. Crazy. Isn't that the truth? Uh, now, these are, th- this is a, this is a fun one because it has some, some very uh, notable people in it. Uh, most notable is the narrator who is modeled after um, who, who's used for the model for the mailman. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's Fred Astaire. He is a fun character. Yeah. And Fred Astaire is very much a classical like vaudeville uh, guy. His, his career spanned so long. Uh, 1904 is whenever it ha- whenever he started in showbiz. You know, multiple Broadway and and musical film performances. And the American Film Institute actually named him the fifth greatest male star in the in in the golden age of Hollywood. Yeah. Lines up. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, And of course, we have uh, a Santa Claus, Chris Kringle, as he would be uh, played by Mickey Rooney. Now, uh, Mickey Rooney, even though he never won any Academy Awards, he was at one point the youngest person nominated for an Academy Award. So crazy that you're the youngest, but, and he he had a long career. It wasn't like he was nominated and then fell off the face of the earth. He was active, according to Wikipedia, from 1927 to 2014. That's so crazy. You'd think eventually you'd step into one. 2014. Yeah. What let's look up real quick. What's the last thing that he was on or in? Let's see here. I hope it's like supernatural or something. <laughs> Be awesome. Oh, yeah, just 2014. Him. He was in Night at the Museum, Secret of the Tomb. Oh. All right. Gus. I don't oh my god, I, dude, it's been so long since I've seen that. I haven't seen that in a hundred years. I, I don't think I've ever seen the third one. I've only ever seen the first two. Oh, that was a third one. Then I haven't seen that one at all. <laughs> uh, also fun fact about Mickey Rooney. He had like 10 ex-wives. <laughs> Would you like to hear that? Him. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Gardner married 1942, divorced 1943. Betty Jane Phillips married 1944, divorced 1949. Martha Vickers married 1949, divorced 1951. Elaine Devery married 1952 to 1958. Barbara Ann Thompson married 1958. To, oh, she died in 1966. Uh, that would also be his longest marriage. So that was his true love right there. Unless yeah. In which case, Marge Lane. 
picked up pieces. It well, he, he must have killed her because he died in 1966, and then he married again in 1966. <laughs> hey, I, I, I went there too, but I just didn't vocalize it. So I appreciate yeah. that you did. <laughs> large Marge Lane. It was but large. <laughs> Uh, 1966 to 1967, uh, Carolyn Hockett, uh, 1969 to 1975, and finally, the lady that he would remain uh, married to for the rest of his life, probably because he realized, I gotta fucking stop this and start having an affair like a normal man. Uh, Jan Chamberlain, married in 1978. I would love to know the laws behind divorce back at that time. Yeah. That's a lot of wives to owe alimony to. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> I don't want to derail us too much, but maybe we'll make that a topic for next time. We, we meet up well, for no, two bears. There was something that was going around. Um, and this is kind of hilarious because it, it does send this. So Santa Claus is coming to town is based in like, I would say, almost middle ages maybe like just after middle ages right so like maybe 15 1600s ad i would say is is whenever this is happening that's just me um but there was a a post that was put on that was diseases and causes of death uh, from london from the year 1632 And so they have a list of the, every single way that somebody died. Interesting. In London. And these are, are things such as, uh, uh, you know, aged. They were too old. 628 people died for being aged. Bit by a mad dog. Only one person was bit by a dog with rabies. Drowned. 34 people died. But then you get ones like, Suddenly, <laughs> how they die? Suddenly, <laughs> it's unexpected. <laughs> Another good one killed by several accidents. <laughs> hey, any more detail for that one? <laughs> that's like oh my god that's like if you left your house fell down the stairs then got in a car accident but was able to drive away then slipped on ice walking into work and then hit your head on the door handle and died yeah like that's exactly where my mind was that is somebody who got up stepped outside of their house but last night they like left the pig trough full fell into the pig trough you know what i mean <laughs> that's so good isn't it oh my god then, uh, 13 people died from planet from planet you know what but i think we need to research what these stand for p-l-a-n-e-t planet <laughs> they died from planet i don't know what that means Anyway, global warming I gotta send you that image dude. it is <laughs> hilarious some of these ways that they describe death oh my god anyway god. so this is a story all about how 
uh, Chris Kringle got turned upside down. So if you want to take a minute, just sit right there. We're going to tell you about how he became Santa Claus. And then he flies all around the globe and gives everybody presents on Christmas Eve. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> all in rhyme. Uh, so this, I, I, did you, you didn't rewatch any of these, did you? No, no. Okay, so this one opens with the most hilarious <laughs> montage of poor children crying. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just <laughs> And not like stop motion kids. These are actual newsreels of children crying. <laughs> And then we met meet, uh, S.D. Kugel, Klugel, who is the mailman who delivers all these letters from these crying children to Santa Claus. And the only thing that he really says about this is it sucks to be a poor baby because that's the only way that you're going to get presents from Santa, apparently, is if you're poor and everybody hates you and you hate your own life. But he's reading off some of these ma- some of these letters, uh, and one might call that open mail SD Klugel. Uh, and they're asking him a bunch of questions. Why is this? Why is that? You know, all these about Santa. My favorite um, of these questions is, why do you come down the chimney when I'm asleep? Isolated, that is a, set, a question that would be very weird to ask somebody. Yes. You know, uh, but he takes us on a back journey through time where we meet Burgermeister Meister Burger, our villain of the story. Um, if you can't tell, he is 1000% an ancestor of Stanley O'Nats uh, <laughs> from Holes. Nope, that one didn't land with me. Come on, <laughs> Holes! It's been a very long time since I've seen that, and I was it was not my favorite. My coworkers have been getting on because I've been quoting, I've been uh, quoting and referencing holes more and more, <laughs> like in the recent weeks. And even even like a couple of days ago, one of them said, "Did you just rewatch holes?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> just doing it to be annoying. <laughs> just doing it to make myself laugh, pretty much. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> um, so, so he tells us that a a baby gets orphaned. This story starts with an or. Hey, here's my pen that I was looking for. Um, <laughs> it was in my pocket the whole time. <laughs> the last place you look. <laughs> Jesus. For a brand new fucking zebra pen, and it was in my pocket. <laughs> Um, so a orphaned baby is left on Burgermeister Meister Burger's doorstep uh, with a name clause on it, but Burgermeister Meister Burger absolutely hates children. And so he orders his henchmen to carry the child up to the mountain, the snowy mountaintops, and to leave it. <laughs> this is how this begins. <laughs> That's why before we got on here, I said these are a little darker than I remember. <laughs> obviously, um, obviously, I equated it to uh, this is like a Moses story, right? They're trying to be mm. analogous with the Exodus, um, with this mm. hero's journeys type story. 
But on his way up, the 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 hench realizes that the sleigh has been blown away by the snow, I guess. And my question is, how the <laughs> fuck do you not realize you're pulling a sled anymore? <laughs> you know, it's not like... Yeah. That isn't yeah, yeah. something that you... It's like a dog. Like, it has to move with you. At some point, you're going to realize, oh, man, walking is a lot easier. My arm isn't slacking. Right. And not at some point, immediately, you would realize that. <laughs> but he lost this uh, sleigh with an entire fucking baby inside of it. And this sled... <laughs> this sleigh fucking had me fucking rolling because it like fades out from him like being like where's my sleigh and then it fades into a singular tree in a snowy field and twonk the sled getting whapped right into that tree trunk I was like oh that baby's dead and it's not how hilarious would it be if like the camera panned over and there's a baby with with like the Santa Claus family and they're like very good Chris Kringle this is how you make a toy like, like that first baby legit meant nothing like, just shows how bad that character is how mean they are <laughs> Oh. oh god so we have the Kringle elves they are literally the fucking uh, most annoying characters I think I've ever seen in anything in my fucking life they all have oh, the Kringles yeah <laughs> they fucking suck dude they keep on like they all have rhyming names and I love that I fucking hate it. Ain't that right, Dangle? I don't know, Mangle. I don't know, Strangle. I don't know, Pangle. I don't know, Krangle. I don't know, Mangle. I don't know, Sangle. I don't know, Zangle. I don't know, Yang. That all sounds entertaining to me. Yeah, good. But I'm like memeing back and forth trying to figure out who we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you have to say somebody's name because you guys all sound the exact same. <laughs> Uh, we also meet Mama Kringle, and this is where he gets his name, uh, Kringle and Christopher, Chris Kringle. Um, and this is where I realized that Mama Kringle has an Irish accent, whereas Burgermeister Meisterburger has a German accent. However, yeah. Chris and everybody in the town also has American accents. None of it makes sense. <laughs> This is like a weird nebulous area of the world where nobody talks the same. They have jackass animation. No standards at all at this point in history. No. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so they give Santa, as, as he grows up, he realizes that they're making all these toys but their toys are not being played with and toys deserve to be played with. So he gets a sack and he decides that he's going to go into town and he's just going to start handing out toys to everybody. You know, it's a great idea, except that for the day before Burgermeister Meisterburger actually slipped on a duck and illegalized all toys, 
with a note that says no kidding at the bottom of it, which makes me believe that Burgermeister Meister Burger is constantly making laws that he is not upkeeping. <laughs> but the toy one is staying. And in fact, the first day that he's down there, he's in his wet red suit. The Kringles all have red suits. That's where his red suit comes from. Um, and he's handing out all these toys and the kids are fucking loving it, even though they're first a little apprehensive. But then we get the baddest bitch in all of stop animation, the super fine Miss Jessica. <laughs> Miss Jessica can get it in the in the lowest of music. She can get it. <laughs> and she immediately... oh, yeah, look up a picture real fast to remind myself. Yeah, look up Miss Jessica uh Santa Claus. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the blonde girl who's got yeah. big old titties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was watching this with a friend last night and I said, I said, look at the tit to arm ratio. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I just saw the picture of her when she's holding the glasses up next to her face. Yeah, you love it too. Jesus. Uh, and this is where, this is where, Patrick, that we see Santa is not just human. I have yeah. a theory that this version of Santa is a mutant. Really? And Santa's mutant ability is that he always knows what gift you want the most. Even if you, what yeah. toy you need in that moment. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. This nagging bitch comes over. And she's all screaming at him that toys are illegal. And immediately he's like, but what about this doll? Huh? That's cool. And her opinion changes like that. <laughs> she starts crying. She's like, oh, I always wanted one. She starts kissing it. And that's all it took for her to switch sides. As a matter of fact, not long after that, Burgermeister Meister Burger's there. And yes, I am going to be saying his name every single time. Because you just love the name. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Come on. It's Burgermeister Meister Burger. And I literally get to say my favorite food twice. <laughs> but Burgermeister Meister Burger is going through town. And Santa, this guy who just made toys illegal. Santa gives him a yo-yo and Burgermeister Meister Burger apparently fucking loves yo-yos <laughs> and he starts playing with it. It actually takes one of his century men to be like, hey, that's a toy, boss. You should be playing with that because that makes you a big, fat, stupid hypocrite. Exact words, his, not mine. And that pisses off Meister Burger. And they chase off Chris back into the mountain. Now Chris is going back. Oh, by the way, <laughs> throughout this, he's hanging out with this penguin named Skipper. Now, Skipper is trying to get back to the North Pole. But they're yeah. far from the North Pole. And Santa 
Chris Kringle himself says that he will help Skipper get back to the South Pole. This plot thread is never brought up again. That was a topper? Yeah, topper. Topper the Topper. Penguin. Okay, that seemed off. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> topper the penguin never makes it home. <laughs> <laughs> he never he never meets another penguin. Because why close a story loop when there's a whole universe to be had? <laughs> and then I was like, and then I was like, why don't we all know about Santa's pet penguin? Like that seems like something that Santa should have. Yeah. Right. That's natural. That should be natural. Yeah. He shouldn't have a dog or a cat. Oh, it should be a penguin. Yeah. Penguins aren't even in the North Pole. Because who's not in the North Pole? Penguins? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why it'd be cool for him to have a penguin pet because penguins aren't in the North Pole. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Who knows? I do. Yeah. Not. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna have to fact check that. (laughs) So once again, Topper never makes it home, which I think is absolutely hilarious. And on the way back, he meets the... uh, Warlock of Winter, Winter Warlock, who's pissed off he never learned how to walk. <laughs> this is whenever you get the banger of a fucking song. You put one foot in front of the other. And Chris Craig was like, dude, walking is so easy. Like, all you had to do is put one foot in front of the other. Soon you'll be walking across the floor. Just put one foot in front of the other, and soon you'll be walking out that door. And from this day forward, the Wizard of Winter is obsessed with walking through doorways. (laughs) He can't meet enough doors to walk through. (laughs) It literally can't stop. Um, this at this point the Burgermeister Meister Burger who has his foot all bandaged up from falling on that toy earlier but whenever he's not around in public he's walking on it like normal so he's definitely a thousand percent faking his injuries for the paparazzo Mm -hmm. you know he is like setting traps and Jessica bad bitch Jessica goes to Chris and she's like, hey, we need help. But the Meister Burger, Burger Meister, fucking followed them there and arrests everybody. This guy. They capture capture Chris Kringle as he's going down a chimney. His head's (laughs) popped in from the chimney. Burger Meister, Meister Burger is right there. He's like, we got you. And I swear to you, dude, they have him surrounded from the chimney and he starts to push himself back up the chimney. (laughs) It's like, dude, you're got like, where are you going to (laughs) go? The chimney has one way out and you don't think that they also have that side fucking surrounded too now, bro? (laughs) Come on, dude. You know, also his first words, whenever they say you've been arrested, he says, not me. Like he hasn't been actively, willingly, and on purpose breaking every single law that Burger Meister Meister Burger has. Constantly. 
Uh, but while they're in jail, Jessica meets the wizard. Uh, and the wizard, <laughs> he's like, he's like, I hardly have any magic left. I have this stupid magic wand. Huh? I got these bits of magic candles. What? What's that about? You just say you have magic candles and you're never going to explain what they do. <laughs> and, then he, and these stupid pellets that if you feed to reindeer, they fly. Oh, that's convenient. How about that? <laughs> so, can you use those? So she feeds them. She has 12 of them. Obviously, Comet, Cupid, Donner, Blitzen, you know, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dancer and Prancer and Comet and Fix It or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and the other favorite part about this jail is that apparently they just leave people with open roofs because the reindeer fly into the prison. Right. Hop on and fly out. Like there's no roof in any of these cells, people. No adversity at all. No. Just needed some pellets. <laughs> oh my God, dude. Um, so they finally make it back and they're like shit the toy shop is destroyed we got to go somewhere else and that's whenever santa claus decides we might as well go to the north pole because nobody will bother us up there we'll just exile our fucking selves because everybody hates us you know yeah so up there they build the new workshop uh they get married and this fucking this is whenever this pisses me off the most <laughs> Whenever Santa, for no reason at all, is like, I think I'll just limit my trips to once a year. And boy, howdy, does he look stoned. He looks <laughs> high as fuck. <laughs> uh, there is a really nice spot. Uh, legit, I do enjoy... Um, uh, there, there's this really nice moment where... Chris Kringle and Jessica are getting married and they're in the trees and they have all the trees decorated. They give each other presents that they place under the trees. And, you know, they're like, oh, this is nice. This is cool. It could use a little bit something more though. And the wizard who's been losing his power since he became a good guy for some fucking reason that nobody explains why. The moment he becomes good, he starts losing his magic for literally no reason. Can you imagine that today if they did that for like an epic fantasy? Dude, for like out of five books, four could of not them get away with no power. What? Yeah. Dude, if they did that in the Wheel of Time. Oh my God. <laughs> They're like the most important character. All of a sudden, they can't do anything. Like, why are you? Yeah, here? if they start doing that to Gwen. <laughs> I'm going to be done. Eaglin. Yeah. I'm done. Um, so the, the wizard's there and he's like, please. He's like praying to himself. Just like, give me a little more pizzazz. And he lights up the tree. So it's like the first Christmas trees decorated and lit up and all the presents underneath. And I was like, oh, that's actually kind of sweet. And I, I did like that. I thought that was done very well. But then they're like, I guess we should only send out presents on the holiest day of the year. That's right. 
the date that we arbitrarily stole from Roman <laughs> paganism for the birth date of our savior that somehow matches their festivus. <laughs> Get the Here's the deal. If you actually believe that Jesus was born in December, I don't know what to talk to you about. You clearly don't know how winter works. <laughs> in the fucking 2,000 years ago in the middle of the desert. You fucking kidding me, you idiots? <laughs> we have some good truths coming out here. <laughs> That was a very subtle MFO. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's it. That's it. <laughs> Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah, that's his, That's our origination story. Yeah, that's the origins. That is the... Uh, yeah. Yeah, that is the... Uh, what is it? That's Phantom Madness through uh, Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> I like how these are all Star Wars references now. <laughs> but now Sam has been in the North Pole and he's been living it up, right? He's got Mrs. Claus and yeah. the Pringles have been at it for a while, but now they're old, so they call in their kids. Yeah. Right. And that's where uh Santa gets the rest of his slave force, if you will. You know. Um and, and this is also uh, when we get to discuss the greatest Christmas special of all time, A Year Without a Santa Claus, uh, written by William Keaton, directed by Jules Bass and Arthur Rankin Jr. Ooh, Jules Bass again. She must, he must have done like all of these ones. I think he might have done the other one too. Yeah, well, he did do... Um, that's why I said that. Jules Bass so far did both Santa is Coming to Town and Year Without Santa Claus. Yeah. Uh, released December 10th, 1974. Uh, WWE champion at that time, Bruno Sammartino. In the beginning of his second uh, run as champion, which lasted four years. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, this uh, uh, actually has um, Shirley Booth in it, who is one of only 24 performers to achieve what is called the triple crown of acting. And the triple crown of acting is for an Academy Award, an Emmy, and a Tony. Okay. So this was before the E got. Why did God damn it? Can we stop fucking? I don't like it. Don't don't get me wrong. I don't like it because that means someone's got to do something that they're not good at just to get all no, of no, them. No, 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 no. We need to stop calling it the egot. Why? We need to call it the gate. Are you kidding me? Grammy, Academy, Tony, Emmy, gate. Sound it sounds so much better than egot. That's what they call it, man. Yeah, they're all fucking wrong and retarded. They also kicked homeless people off the streets for the last Oscar. So, you know, we're not saying they're great people or intelligent. I'm saying that, they, I'm saying that as entertainers, <laughs> they should be better at coming up with, with Fair enough. words yeah. that are made from other words. Have 
Yeah. Our job in the entertainment industry is puns, people. It's the lowest form of entertainment. Call it a gate. <laughs> so you're without a Santa Claus, I would say takes yeah. place a solid 40 years. <laughs> oh, by the way, my favorite part about Santa Claus is coming to town is that to solve up Burgermeister Meister Burger. And you remember how they end that plot line? No, I don't remember his. I remember the end of the movie, though. They're just like, they're like, yeah, what? And the kids are like, well, what happened? He got to my semester burger, says the children. <laughs> exact voice. <laughs> and, and SD Klugel informs him, well, you know. Burgermeister Meisterburger and people who thought like him died out long ago. <laughs> no resolution. Burgermeister Meisterburger never toned for his sins. Never if you didn't like toys, you died. He just <laughs> died. And his whole family died too. I feel like they made like a World War II situation out of it. <laughs> So, so I'd say this is about 40 years later. Uh, we're at the conclusion of uh, uh, Santa Claus coming to town. And we wake up Santa with a very bad cold. You know, and we had the narrator slash uh, uh, lead woman. Uh, who, and that is, of course, who Jules Vass is. Um, and she... Uh, is basically like, dude, Santa, you need to take a rest. Like, don't worry about it. And even she herself is like, you know, you could take a year off if you wanted to. And they send in the elf doctor, and the elf doctor is the biggest dick. <laughs> you could. Yeah. He's like, he's like, if you ask me, kids don't even get excited for Christmas any year. Most of them don't even believe in you, Santa. <laughs> Most of them think you're useless and fake. Most of you, most of them, if they found you hanging naked in your bathroom closet, they would start jumping up and down for joy they would. Can you do that to an employee that you work with that's bad at their job? <laughs> Just recite that right in their face. <laughs> in that exact voice. Oh, my God. They'd cry. Oh. Yeah, that is without a doubt. Be amazing. That is without a doubt. Um, so, Mrs. Claus, to prove uh, the Santa hater dog, dude, dentist, uh, doctor, Dr. Elf, I just want you to love him. Dr. Elf, I want you to remember that Santa pays your paycheck. Do not fucking insult him like that. No, no. What are you unnecessary? Doing? What are you? <laughs> you know, so Mrs. Claus decides that she's gonna send uh, the the Tweedledee and Tweedle idiot <laughs> of elves, Jingle and Jangle, uh, down to the surface world. And she specifically says, "Watch out for the Miser Brothers." Right? Well, guess who she fucking they run into immediately. Well, any good movie would make them run into them. So yeah, right away. Yeah, 
Well, at least this one doesn't have any missing plot threads, Patrick. Well, right. That's what I'm, no, that's what I'm saying. It actually has a plot line. Yeah. <laughs> And they go right in the middle of them and Heat Miser, for no discernible reason, <laughs> just smashes them with a light ray that causes them to fall all the way down to earth. Uh, jiggle and jangle hit the ground, blood and guts everywhere, children screaming. <laughs> Vixen, the reindeer that they flew down on slowly, gently uh, gets to the bone, starts lapping up their blood with her tongue. Uh, very gruesome. Um, so they make it to the ground and they get a ticket. <laughs> this ticket is awesome. He's like, You're riding a reindeer on the wrong way of a one way street. <laughs> and it's like, which is funny because the way that Jingle and Jangle, Jingle and Jangle, they're okay with sharing the same ride, but they want to make sure that you know that they're not gay. So they sit back to back. <laughs> God, we were yeah. so far behind back in the day. So I don't know if that cop means that they are riding it the wrong way back to back or if they're going in the wrong direction of the street. They probably don't explain it. No. Um, but, <laughs> but they got a ticket and that's the important part. That's what moves our plot. And this reminds, oh, and they get their reindeer. Um, no, not yet. They don't get the reindeer taken yet. Um, this reminds me, uh, I was at a cookout once and there was a dude there and he had an Indian. And I love Indian motorcycles. If I had a motorcycle, it would definitely be an Indian. And I was like, you know, there's a bunch of motorcycles. So I, I went up to a group of them and I tapped, you know, like nudged the one. And I was like, hey, dude, who, who owns that Indian? And the guy's like, oh, that's mine, bro. I was like, dude, that's a beautiful bike. Can I take a closer look? So he takes me over. We're like looking at it. And I was like, so dude, I said, just tell me, like, what are the odds of you taking me on a trip around the block on it? You know, he's like, oh, you know, there's something about, you know, uh, and immediately the one girl was like, he doesn't want balls up against his ass. <laughs> and so I was like, so I said, I said, I hear you. I hear you. Okay. I hear you. So what if like I take off my shirt and I, and I wedge it between my balls and your ass? Then there's no actual, you know what I mean? So then I'd only be holding yeah. around the waist. That'd be cool, right? <laughs> anything. Anything to get on there. <laughs> My brother one time asked a dude if uh, if uh, he'd take him on a ride on his motorcycle, and the guy was like, the guy was like, no way, brother. Four balls on two wheels do not mix. <laughs> Oh my god. Hell yeah. So, oh, so that's was, probably what the ticket was for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. We've nailed that down. We're good now. Definitely. He they were being too gay. <laughs> they were potentially being, too gay. Yeah, they weren't being gay enough if you ask that. Company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the 
Vic Cobb was wanted some action from them. Uh, Jingle and Jangle and Vixen um, actually uh, landed a place called Southtown, USA. That is the only fucking way that we... Southtown, USA. Just like in the South. Oklahoma or somewhere, even though they all have yeah. New York accents. <laughs> <laughs> And they start realizing that they can't go around with a fucking reindeer. That's stupid. So they take off their socks and they put it on the reindeer's antlers to make it look like dog ears. But what they also forget to realize is that dogs don't have, like, hoofs. <laughs> and reindeer yeah. don't have feet. <laughs> or paws, I guess. Uh-huh. You know? Whatever. Who gives a shit? Uh, Vixen ends up getting taken, in fact, uh, by uh, the uh, Animal Control Authority. Now they're not having, they're not having a great time. So Jingle and Jangle end up calling Mrs. Claus, who I guess just has a phone number in the Yellow Pages. For some reason, I guess. I don't know. It's dude. just a phone number. Yeah, it's just a phone number. Who gives a shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, Santa overhears this and he's like, You nasty fucking bitch, he says. How dare you, a woman? Yeah. Go against what I say. You stay here because I, a man needs to go save Dingle and Klingle that's <laughs> Vixen and I'm going to take my man Reindeer. She must have been hysterical about it. Oh my god, absolutely. Do <laughs> you take Comet or Donner? I don't know. Uh, let me see if I have it here. Yeah. I don't think it tells you which one that Santa takes. I don't think so. Yeah. So, 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 so. No. <laughs> so Jingle and, and Jangle start talking to the mayor of Southtown, and they're like, we need our fucking dog back or reindeer or whatever we're going to lie to you about. Right. And they're like, well, we'll make a fucking deal. <laughs> How about that? Huh? How about we'll make a fucking deal, you prick? <laughs> you know, he says, we will give you your stupid animal back, who's obviously not a dog. We'll right. give you that animal back if you can make it snow in Southtown. It has not snowed ever. Ever, ever, never, ever, ever has it snowed in Southtown. It's gonna snow, ho, ho, right here in Dixie. All will be white overnight. There will be cold on Christmas Day. Hey, hey, here in Dixie, there will be snow on the ground. So I've been told. You know, the mayor does not fucking believe any of this. He's like, he's fucking loving it. He's busting his ass off thinking about it. You know what I mean? Uh, so Santa 
goes down and he retrieves Vixen himself. So this whole fucking story is done. <laughs> like they did not have yeah. to continue with this shit. You know what I oh. mean? <laughs> but um, they do. However, and it's a masterpiece. Before he goes there, he meets this fucking kid. This fucking kid. Whose name? Do you remember this kid's name? Because it always hits me whenever I rewatch it. Talking about Iggy? Ignatius Fist White. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) The whole name. Yeah, yeah. Ignatius fucking Thistle White. I love it. (laughs) And uh, he... Is, is so first of all santa's like talking to him santa sneezes his mom hears santa sneeze from inside and then sees her son talking to some old fat dude with a giant beard and the kid's like can my friend come in who i just met by the way <laughs> he's not weird i swear <laughs> odd at all and of course because this is 1970 fucking four <laughs> Yeah. Before everybody got murdered, she's like, "Yeah, bring this random stranger who could make eat a milk and cookies." Your, my, your, <laughs> my husband and you and me and absolutely tie us all up and brave us. Just send him yeah. in. Who gives a shit? But of course, Santa Claus is not a rapist. At least this version of Santa Claus is, yeah. and uh, they get in there. And he asks Iggy if he believes in Santa. And Iggy's like, I ain't a fucking kid, dude. Only kids believe in Santa. But then, you know, his dad has to bust out a song. I believe in Santa Claus. You know, and he's like, yeah, I don't believe. I, I, I thought like you once, son. You know, I didn't believe in Santa Claus. But then I woke up one night. And he was literally standing over my bed. That made me believe in him real fucking quick. <laughs> All a- of these have one similarity where Santa does something creepy to get his point across. <laughs> what is happening? Why can't you just give presents? He's, he's like, like, that's the thing. He doesn't even say, like, Santa, like, handed him a gift. No. Just, he woke up and Santa was just standing right there. Top. He's like, he's like, yeah, that fucking made me believe. I'll tell you. I believe now that's for fucking sure. I imagine it like, you know how people, when they say they're haunted, they feel like someone's holding them down in bed and like laying on top of them. Yeah. I feel like he woke up and Santa was just staring him in the face with a big old bear hug. <laughs> No, Santa, no. And then his dad, all, and then like, so his dad gets a verse, Santa gets a verse, and yeah. then it cuts to mom. So you were expecting the mom to start singing too? She just nods her head. We won't even bother with pretending to give any women in here any sort of personality. We won't even try. What a time. <laughs> oh my God, what a time. It, it makes me laugh every single time because it lingers on her enough that you think that she's going to sing and then her mouth opens and she just nods. She's like, that's right, honey. Listen to your father. He's a better alto than I am. 
so uh santa claus santa claus who fucking the genius gives himself the nom de plume klaus uh leaves to go get vixen and uh mrs claus also came down just to pick up jingle and jangle because they're a couple of dundering fucking idiots you know Mm -hmm. and for some reason they just allow iggy to go meet these insanely powerful weather beings you know these 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 like primordial masters of weather that like yeah. only be approached to by gods and kings and Santa and apparently also Ignatius fucking Thistlewhite. And if you think about it, they didn't have to do that because the whole because scene they already with got the fucking family. <laughs> no, right. But the whole scene with the family is just a, a good reminder that people still believe in him. Yeah, so this whole Which is enough. twice. Yeah, that's enough. You don't need Iggy to go with you. Twice, bro. Twice this yeah. movie has solved its own problems. Yeah. <laughs> Actively. Yeah. You know? But I guess they do feel like everybody deserves a snowy Christmas, and I feel like that's true. Yeah. So the first thing they do is they go and they go visit the greatest side character of all fucking time fight me people for real i fucking yes. love this guy yes thousand percent agree <laughs> he is the snow miser oh my god <laughs> so good everything i touch turns to snow in my clutch i'm too much <laughs> okay so i don't know if if you remember this patrick i don't know i don't remember if this was if this was while you and i were were really this was like right before you and i like really kicked off this may have been the semester before you and i actually met yeah because you weren't a part of this project um during my first during the summer of my first like summer break from Lock Haven University, um, I started plotting out a book. You know, all on my wall, I would have like post-it notes of like plot elements and times because the book was going to like be jumping back and forth. It was, it was going to be like 15 different diary entries of a city, of a small like island town that gets overran by anarchists and like cut it off from the rest of the world. Okay. And I had written about, you know, 90 pages of it before my computer absolutely fucking like burn itself down. And I was not to be able to uh, retrieve it from the files within for some reason. Oh man, that sucks. It, is like the number it's like one of the biggest tragedies of my life that i lost this because it was something i really loved and honestly like it hurt a lot more because i was like this was so much time and effort and like i loved this i can't really do it the same way again and so it's definitely put off like how i feel about writing books 
yeah he's even trying to write a book because this happened one time and that crushes you like honestly it crushed me whenever this happened um but this whole story which was about anarchists and rebellion and and stuff like that and love and people and relationships a little gimmick that i put throughout there it was like a million references to christmas specials like these okay you know um so for instance from this one uh their secret base was an underground bunker that they referred to as uh 10 below you know and and it had a bunch of other stuff. There's another one for uh, in Rudolph that we'll talk about. That was also another reference, but I don't want to get into it while we're talking about this one. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I fucking wish that that never happened, bro. And so Miser, after they meet him, he's like, yeah, I'll make it fucking snow anywhere. Where do you want it to be? They're like, it has to be in Southtown. Somehow snow Miser knows the names of every town that's never had snow. <laughs> Well, I also have here uh, the note from that there was a whole thing between him and the heat miser. Yeah, there's a sibling rivalry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can't make it snow in the south because that is the heat miser's territory. Yeah. You know, and so oh, they yeah. actually have to go get the okay from heat miser. Ugh. Just two great back to back moments in a movie. It is, it's amazing it's amazing how it's the exact same song and i love them both so much yeah. one's just about fire <laughs> one's about warmth and one's about warmth. how did they nail this so much i don't know it's perfect they are too much let's face it the miser brothers yeah. are in fact too much yeah um, and the the heat miser, he's my favorite kind of character in anything because he's like, hey, that won't be a problem. I'll let you do whatever you want for a price. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he wants yeah. one summer, one one uh, uh, Christmas of warmth in the North Pole. Does he? know that will kill them do you think that he knows but that's the thing i think that heat miser knows what's going on and he fucking hates santa claus he even says so that they never talk to him unless they need some they like his brother more than they like him i think his plot is that he's trying to kill santa and all of santa's accomplices i mean makes sense yeah it's the vibe you get you know it's but they can't come to an agreement, so Mrs. Claus decides that there are laws when you mess in with Claus, and she's going to go to the head honcho. Yeah, yeah. And that's their mother. Good old I mother love nature. this part so much just because it's like classic shit, you know what I mean? <laughs> they arrive, their mother calls them, they're fucking massaging her and filling up her yeah. tea. Like fanning her, <laughs> they're both such huge suck ups. <laughs> they show up and they both uh-huh. say, "But what is it, mother dear?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And she commands them to compromise. 
And so just like that, talk about a fucking God in the machine. This just deus ex machina shit out of this, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so they be- reach the Love agreement. It. And so they reach a three-prong agreement. It's going to snow in Southtown. It's going to be warm in the North Pole for, for Christmas. And, and Santa's going to rest. And so the kids from around the world, Patrick, start sending Santa gifts. Except for one little bitch. <laughs> one selfish little cunt. Who writes him the lyrics of Elvis Presley's Blue Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and much like Jess and how her uh, opinion on toys of the law changes with one conversation. Santa decides that okay, I'm not sick anymore because this little girl's crying apparently. <laughs> I can feel her crying as I'm reading this. My God. You know, he says, yeah. he says, my back is stronger. Never felt better any longer. And he is out the fucking door delivering presents because that is what fucking Santa Claus does people santa's real fuck you and we need him he doesn't deserve a day off this isn't a fucking (laughs) nine to five santa i have to work every day of the year so you have to work only one you rat prick (laughs) and you decided that you decided you only work one day fucking idiot (laughs) so so that was a year without a Santa Claus. And finally, we have uh, the the sequel trilogy. We have uh, the Force Awakens to <coughs> Rise of Skywalker, with the actual first one uh, produced. Uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, written by Romeo Mueller <coughs> and directed by Larry Romier. Romer. Romer. R-O-E-M-E-R. Romer. Romer. Why did you stop saying it? <laughs> this, so this one in particular, I think, is probably my least favorite because I think it has the, the jankiest of the, the movement. Yeah, and this was released December 6, 1964 at the beginning of Bruno Sammartino's championship run. Patrick, Bruno Sammartino is their WWE champion for every one of these releases. How cool is that? It's ridiculous. No, I agree with you um, for two reasons. One, yes, the animation is definitely the jankiest. You can definitely feel the advancement if you know that that rudolph was the first one you watch a year without a santa claus you can definitely see that the way that they're doing stop motion is improving um but even more so than that is i cannot stand uh can't stand them (laughs) can't stand them 
I cannot stand the uh, the performance of Billy Richards as Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Her voice yeah. as the titular reindeer is fucking grating. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like the little dentist elf also has a annoying voice. But it's in this a hell of a lot less than Rudolph's is. I'm going to look something up real fast because I agree with you. But there's only one other person that when I watch it, I just want to murder them. And it is the... Where is it? The girl that plays Audrey in the original Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, dude. No, she's so good. Oh no! Yeah, no, I, not, I not, no, not her overall voice when she sings the her song. That's her what solo. I was. I, that's exactly what I was about to say. Whenever she's Girl. like in the moment of the musical, like you can really feel her emotion <sighs> with the music. But you're del- She has the world's worst fucking grading, and that's what she was known for. You hired her specifically for that for her voice like that i did it did not do it for me Dude. so yeah I, I hear you it's you know it's one of those things you just kind of notice when it's a yeah. musically inclined thing or a holiday type thing like that when it's not an actual yeah, legit you know, somewhere stuff. that's great is one of the most beautiful like musical numbers in any musical movie yeah you know, but the moment she's like, Eddie, you gotta help me. I can't stand <laughs> up to my abusive dentist boyfriend. Yeah. It's awful. <laughs> so, daughter, Santa's lead reindeer has a brand new fucking baby, but guess what? It is a mute. <laughs> oh, no. Literally, you know, and I get it because daughter did mention at some point that he was trying uh, experimental uh, dick pills that were extracted from jellyfish. <laughs> uh, I think that it mixed it with his DNA and gave Rudolph um, a, a little bioluminescent nose, right? Yeah, he ate the uh, pellets. Yeah, so they give him a fake nose and we jump up. By the way, uh, I this only takes place like two years after a year without a Santa Claus in my head can because because Vixen would have to grow up. So Vixen yeah. is a full-time member of Santa right, right. Play Team, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. So let's remember yeah. that, folks. That these uh, are all part of the this is the dude. same Santa Claus extended universe. The the schoolmates of Rudolph are so mean. Yeah, they won't let him play reindeer game. Okay, so first off, they're not at first. He meets up with a dude yeah. named Fireball. Fireball's my fucking boy. Love that <laughs> guy. Fireball is always trying to mack on reindeer puss. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, he, God. He, be, he, be, he be trying to get laid, dude. And Rudolph be being awkward <laughs> like rudolph but rudolph's been in bad game too he's talking to what's her name clarice yeah uh, the the girl doe the girl doe that is literally what doe means uh 
<laughs> um, the dough, and she's like, I think you're cute, Rudolph. I can't wait to suck your antler. <laughs> this gets Rudolph so excited that he starts running, and he's a natural man. He like stays in the air a minute. Even the coach, uh, Comet, I think it's Comet. Yeah, Comet. And I love Coach Comet. Coach Comet's hilarious because he does that thing that all fucking coaches do where he's like, I'm your coach, but I also want to be your friend. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> the Fireball and Rudolph are so excited that Rudolph whooped ass that they accidentally knock off Rudolph's fake notes. And <laughs> Coach Comet, who wants to be your friend, is the very first one <laughs> to specifically say, we're not going to let Rudolph play any reindeer games, huh, kids? <laughs> like, no wonder the kids are dicks. Look yeah. at what they're fucking learning from. Comet is a gra- grade A fucking cunt. <laughs> He sucks, bro. It is his fault that Rudolph feels so ostracized. Yeah. You know, that whenever his dad, daughter, uh, meets up with him, they get into another argument and he fucking leaves. You know, Rudolph fucking leaves. At the same time, simultaneously, in the workshop, Pringle's baby fucking nephews are hard at work, except one, Hermes. This guy Hermes wants to be a dentist. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be. So, do you know the the lore behind that? Because that seems like a normal thing in these. There's always like a dentist elf, and I don't know that there's a a lore for that that goes back, or that just kind of started in a movie and it just took off. Yeah, I don't. I think that it's. Yeah, I don't know. Because I think even in the movie. Elf, there's a dentist one. I think like. it has to start with this one as like, yeah. I, I guess they would just be like, because they had to have a person for Rudolph who is also an outcast. Yeah, so they picked a dentist. Yeah, but instead of, but that's the thing, like, that's better. Him having a philosophical difference is different than him like being black. What if? Yeah, no, right. But what you know, if? Rudolph is the black kid in this situation. So he needs somebody who thinks different. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Okay. Let's throw this out there. Yeah, let's talk. What if they were trying to start the tooth fairy myth? Oh, 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 no. You're telling me that the tooth fairy's a male elf. It could have started that way. You don't know. Maybe. I want to be a dentist. <laughs> I want to, the rock was a tooth fairy. I think I want to, I want to suck it. on teeth all day. Uh, <laughs> I need them. Give me teeth. Oh, God. I can't get enough. <laughs> I'm just saying the rock did it. Yeah, I think that that's, I think that's smart because because like he would be he would have like i just imagine that the wizard of winter who's still around just not in this uh, right right would have some magic that could help the dentist elf be like i just want to help kids with tooth uh 
care. And so I steal their keep that fell out to not give them to, you know, make sure that their adult ones throw in. I like it. And that. they leave little presents instead of money. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That gives the elves something to do year round. Specifically that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It keeps them busy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but he gets bullied by his boss elf. And there he's like, get the I gotta get the fuck out of here too. I yeah. am not just a misfit. I am not just a misfit. You can fire me. I quit. <laughs> kind of horrible. Um, uh, and so finally, uh, Herbie and Rudolph meet up in the woods. They start traveling together because they are a couple of misfits. And we finally meet the man, the myth, the legend, Yukon Cornelius, the fucking greatest <laughs> lumberjack in the history of lumberjacks. Oh, he's a lumberjack and he's okay. He works all night and he sleeps all day. Uh, and he's after silver or gold, depending on what time of day it is, I guess. You know? Uh, so they continue on on their on their uh, goal where they don't know but they end up getting attacked by the abominable snowman a giant snow being that yukon barely gets them out on by breaking off a pick piece of uh, water that they use as a raft and eventually they find their way onto an aisle where they meet other things just like them try a boat that only sinks a gun, a, a water gun that only shoots mayonnaise, I think. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that one. Um, a pink elephant. Elephants aren't supposed to be pink. Um, a, 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 I think a train with square wheels is one, too. Yeah, that one is. Um, and they inform them that they're on the island of misfit toys. And my book that I was writing about my uh, uh, island town that breaks itself off from the rest of the world and tries to do it on their own, but only erupts on the inside because of, of infighting and, and, and uh, selfishness. Uh, my, my book was going to be called Misfit Toys. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's like one of those things that's always in the mind is Misfit Toys. Yeah. Uh, so they meet the winged fucking lion. That's right. These people are led by <laughs> fucking winged giant lion. It's incredible. And his name, King Moon Racer. It's awesome. Fuck yeah. What a name. You know? <laughs> uh, and, and, and while they're there, uh, he's like, you can stay here, but I need you to go home because these toys need people to play with them. And yeah. I can't find them. And Santa's the only one that can help them. You know, Rudolph is now destitute. He must return home. So he does. You know, however, before he gets home, his dad, his daughter, and his mom and Clarice are all talking. And once again, they're like, the, the wife 
is the first one to say we should go out and look for Rudolph and daughter the rat prick. <laughs> he says, this house, are you kidding me? This house is filthy. <laughs> Take care of this house. I'm the man and being <laughs> the man here, I alone, I don't need your help because I don't know if you got this hint the last time I said it, wife, but you are a woman. And you are not suited to find our son. And this house is filthy. And this house is fucking filthy. <laughs> what is that deer shit? <laughs> it's on the ground. What do we live in? A cave? As he exits the cave. <laughs> but but oh, Rudolph's mom basically looks like Clarice and says, that motherfucker can clean his own damn house. I'm going out too. Fucking <laughs> leaves with Clarice. So Rudolph's mom kidnaps Clarice to go look for Rudolph. Oh my god. Yeah, how about it? Um, movie's crazy. This movie is fucking crazy. And that's the thing, like this movie, like I don't, it doesn't necessarily have a plot. It's just like things happening what it's like the year it's like a, a santa claus is coming to town it's just like things happening there's no like yeah. real through line here you know if this was like a two-hour movie patrick you would fucking hate it oh yeah you know this is like the forest gump of christmas movies oh don't do you that know? yeah but it's not so we're fine so they can handle it they have a a, a way of getting him however um during this they actually get captured in the abominable snowman's cave where rudolph herbie and yukon cornelius uh show up and and rudolph actually gets some pretty good licks into the beast because it's attacking his woman clarice yeah mm. he steps the fuck up uh however it is a fucking giant abominable snowman so it's not going to do much against him. And this is where Yukon shows up. And Yukon and the monster, they give a fucking brawl. And it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> because he like, he like make pig noises as he's fighting the giant abominable snowman. It's kind of weird. <laughs> yep, I do remember the weird noises. But they um... end up falling over a fucking cliff. You know, Crazy. and Rudolph and Donner, they meet up, father and son, they apologize to each other as if Rudolph has anything to fucking feel sorry about. You know, this was 100% Donner's fault. Yeah. Uh, and they get back home, but while they're at home, a horrible, horrible, horrible snowstorm is happening. Uh, Santa is even announcing that he might have to cancel Christmas because the snow is just too fucking thick too fucking thick right uh but during this announcement yukon actually returns somehow yukon also just finds santa's lair <laughs> yeah that, that's never really explained nope but he shows <laughs> up yeah and now he and the abominable snowman are like best pals <laughs> that's not ever explained either <laughs> Ha, <laughs> ha,
However, and, oh, and, and as Santa's finishing up his announcement that he is uh, gonna uh, cancel Christmas, he is blinded by an awful, awful fucking red light. This hideous <laughs> fucking glow that he just wishes could get out of his eyesight because he knows once he's done looking at it, he will be sane again. But he can't stop looking at it, Patrick, because it's that fucking hideous and gross and maddening. Yeah, until it's, it's useful. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, will you get in front of the rest of these stupid fucking animals? <laughs> <laughs> and Rudolph says, I will for a price. And the price is to take the misfit toys and give them to a bunch of kids. And you know that Santa's like, that's perfect. Don't just drop them all off at an orphanage. <laughs> They're not fucking, <laughs> they don't give a fuck if they get broken toys. Yeah. I don't know. It was one of those like, I understand it, but at the same time, it's not a great message to send an outcast. It's like, oh, you're finally useful. Yeah. Awesome. No, for real though. Like, <laughs> oh, so the story of Rudolph is that like the one thing that you enjoy in life that nobody else respects you for only becomes useful once other people see the value in it. Yeah. You know, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that. Still cute. It does have so the design of Hermie is my favorite of all the stop motion designs in the three movies. Oh yeah, it's brilliant. It's nice and simple. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's the best out of this one. No, I think that particularly the snow miser. Um, there's something about him with that cane and that top hat. Yep. And the like, it's almost like snot is frozen coming down his nose, and the way that like his hair is like a bowl of ice. Um, yeah. Yeah. Him, Herbie, and let's see, out of the first one, I have Santa Claus is coming to town. Probably Topper the Penguin, just because yeah. it's different. Yeah. You know, there's nothing too remarkable about the character design in Santa Claus. Actually, Santa Claus is coming to town. There's like nothing remarkable about that one at all. It was not much. <laughs> very bland. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. But but that's it, man. That's the thing. That's what I wanted to talk about this week is just uh, go over and, and talk about these a little bit. Uh, I think, obviously, you and I both agree that A Year Without a Santa Claus is the best one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, There's you know, not many actually... people that I've met that say, that argue that. Like, everybody seems to love A Year Without a Santa Claus. Well, you know, the story is concise. I think it actually does a half-decent job with the actual stop animation compared to the other ones. Yeah, and I think it and I think that like whereas other ones like have to force funny moments, there are like legit mm -hmm. comedic moments in, in yeah. a year without a Santa Claus. Oh yeah, definitely. I enjoy that one a ton. Yeah. Um no, I agree. I don't think uh we're not there wasn't any other major stop motion ones right christmas well guys. there was also like little drummer boy oh yeah yeah. yeah there's yeah. the rudolph new year thing um yeah i wasn't a fan of that yeah there's probably like 
three or four more that we could have gone over. But once again, I wanted to pick these oh, ones these. because because I think that these are the most famous ones. And like I said, as I was watching them, I was like, oh my God, this is like a Santa extended universe. <laughs> it changes the way you view them. Yeah, it does. For sure. It really does. Um, I like them more now because I'm thinking of them in that way. <laughs> Now I want to now I want to see how many things are made about the tooth fairy. For sure. Build them off of here. Yeah. <laughs> we have a tooth fairy day, we'll do them, okay? Yeah, right. I don't think there is any. Definitely I can't think not, of bro. any good tooth Definitely fairy things, not. but you never know. Yeah. I haven't had a tooth fairy day in so long, bro. You know, <laughs> my dentist told me that um I was the youngest person that he saw who had all of his baby teeth out. You're awesome. Yeah. I mean, not really. I would notice it was moving a little bit and I'd fucking yank it out. <laughs> that means you made less money based on inflation year by year. So, you know, sucks to be you. Damn. Wow. <laughs> Never even thought about it that way. Yeah, your dollar meant less than out mine. On that 14 cents. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Wait, what did that make me? Wouldn't that mean that I made more money? Because I don't know. Oh, maybe. Maybe I'm doing the opposite. Yeah, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know how I can. I don't know. Fuck it. Anyway. It depends. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, depends on. Depends what... if you actually got at money added at, with a promotion each year. I'd have to look at the uh, the years and see how right. that went. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to do that. That isn't important. No, no, no. It's nothing to do with that. Uh, Patrick, <laughs> before we wrap up here, what have you been interested in recently? Um. I have one episode left of my hotel drama. At the hotel, Good old hotel de Luna. Mo uh, Holiday Inn. Yeah, I'm loving that one. It's real good. Um, they're just the problem is they're all mini movies, so I have it's been a slow, slow chug getting through all of it. Um, all at least like an hour and twenty. Yeah. So it's a real time cruncher. You gotta plan that out. Yeah, that was really um, the only thing that was like stressful about Sherlock. I see. I didn't even watch that. I I tried. It didn't get me. Yeah, every episode's two hours. It's too much. Oh yeah, no, yeah. that's a movie, man. Yeah. Um, exactly. <clears throat> I'm also reading Yora Boys, which is based on the Near Automata game. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's a novel that takes place. I believe the main chunk of it, because there's short stories too, but the main chunk of it takes place between the first and the second near game. And it's all about how the male androids were made to be only service bots, essentially because they would go rogue and they had too much of their own thoughts. I love that. That's kind of like, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever played it. I know that I haven't played any of those games, but it's fun because like, Whenever you start getting into things, you start realizing references to things you're interested in and other things. So mm -hmm. that is clearly, to me at least, a fun like retelling of what's called the Butlerian Jihad, which okay. in the universe of Dune was the war that illegalized uh, intelligent robots. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, all of his stuff is typically philosophical. Philosophical yeah. or based on 
you know, other things, but uh, like most things, but I'm quite enjoying that learning about that character. I mean, they do a really good job of writing murder scenes. It's pretty awesome. That's always fun. Yeah. Like the sword fight scenes are written real well. Um, and they just get y'all hyped up, like cut someone's head off and then slash them across the chest. And, uh, it's great. Uh, but now I'm dealing with espionage, so it's good. It's getting real good. I love espionage shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah what about you ma'am uh, i've been reading john moxley's uh, dean ambrose's uh autobiography uh that is coming along great homie has he's a good writer i mean i figured he would be but it's like it's like listening to one of his promos is how much it's just like him talking to you that's kind of cool yeah which is nice um and then <clears throat> So I'm reading this uh, really cool series right now called The Other The Other Side of DC History. Okay. And so it's kind of one. like, you know, we all know the backstories of like Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman and Green Arrow and Aquaman. But what about the black superheroes that nobody talks about? What about Black Lightning? What about The Guardian? What about <laughs> Bumblebee? You know, and and it tell and it, it, it it's like from what I'm gathering, what I've read, it in the same way that you know I could tell you Spider Man's history. You know, I could tell you Spider Man's comic book history, but what I'm doing is summarizing you know twenty years worth of comic history. Yeah. Right. It's doing that, but with lesser known black characters. So these are actual storylines that took place back in the late 70s, early 80s, maybe mid 60s even. Mm -hmm. But because they're black characters, they're just not paid attention to. We don't know them. Yeah. You know, one of them was really cool. Had a uh, Black Lightning was was the very first one. It's my favorite one so far. And he's talking about, you know, people are calling him a menace and calling for his arrest. And he's like, sure. They call Batman a menace, but nobody ever calls for him to be arrested. Nobody ever wants to shoot at Batman. You know, they look at Superman and they think that he's the greatest thing that ever lived, but they look at me like I'm some fucking thug, you know, and, and there comes a moment where Superman comes around and he stares down black lightning. And he's like, you need to stop, bro, or I'm going to have to bring you in. And black lightning says, almost is basically like who the fuck are you these aren't your people you're not around the ghettos you're fucking protecting corporate rich people well i'm around protecting the people that are struggling to make ends meet like you don't you don't get to come into my world and tell me what i can and can't do right now soups yeah you know superman fucking backs down he fucking tells superman off and he leaves it's awesome it was really cool you know no big superhero fight he's just like you got me bro <laughs> but it's really cool as, as a comic book awesome. fan it's a chance of of looking at characters that i know about because i've read comics with them in them but they're only ever like side characters you don't even realize that some of these side characters have decades worth of information about them sometimes bro yeah and some of them i mean i know that 
Black Lightning got a TV show there for a short bit, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes, he did. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. He did. Yeah. So I feel like they've tried with a couple of them. Yeah. And just never sticks. Well, and see, that's the thing. Like, they could do a, a adaptation of Black Lightning, but, like, they wouldn't be able to do that, like, Superman scene in that show. No. It you wouldn't know? go over. Uh, uh, twice, twice in his career, he turns down being part of the Justice League just because he's like, you guys don't, you want me as part of the team so you guys can have a black guy on the team. It so, could no, be a fun movie. <laughs> oh my God. That's all I kept on thinking about. Like, oh my God, this would be so fucking cool to see on screen. This would be so inspirational. Yeah. It almost reminds me of, I mean, obviously Deadpool's different. Yeah. When it comes to that universe, like Deadpool could join if he wanted. He's just a rebel. But like how he just well, continues is Deadpool... like, nah, I'm good. I'm on my own. Yeah. Well, that's that's what I'm kind of hoping with the next Deadpool movie. Because like something about Deadpool is that he's always trying to be an X-Men. Mm-hmm. But I he think what's turning him down. <laughs> right. The... No, 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 no. Like that's the thing. He, he keeps on messing up because, he, you know he realizes that he can't be an X-Men. He, he can't stop killing people. If he thinks that you deserve yeah. to die, you're going to die. And because of that, he can't be an X-Men. I think yeah. for the next movie, what they need to do is like make it abundantly clear that he doesn't need to be an X-Men. That he himself, to himself, mm-hmm. understands that, that he is not needed in the X-Men. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and I think that could be a cool concept for the Black Lightning type character. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I totally think along that. And maybe he feels like, you know, if that's something that you've noticed in the comics or what you've read, that could be a very similar thing they could build. Yeah. You know, I don't need you. If you want me, I'll consider it. Yeah. Yeah. I love the idea. Like you said, Ben, I love the idea of like of like turning down the team, not being accepted in the team, finally going into the team, and then realizing that maybe what you want isn't what you wanted. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so those are the two yeah. big things that I got going on right now. Uh, besides that, Maniac of New York, uh, about Maniac Carry, psycho subway slasher uh, that <laughs> has been living in New York for the last four years. Uh, volume two just started issue one just dropped i was surprised by it nice yeah i thought that i didn't think it was coming out until march so got about three three four months early on me really excited think this one is going to be even better than volume one i hope so yeah yeah all right so what do we got let's see we are on obviously our holiday month. Next time we're doing our impromptu harvest fest. Yeah, very yeah. excited. The Princess Switch again. And yeah, Home man. Alone 2. Uh, this Home one's going to be fun. This is just like a fun one. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to no it. Point, no point matter here. Yeah. Uh, and then. Yeah, I mean, we have a couple things going around, but I mean, episode seed is going to be wrapping up within the next month or two. Yeah. 
for like six weeks, I should say. Like episode seed is ending. Yeah. I gotta start thinking about movies. I already have been. I have not. It's not been on not been top of my list. <laughs> yeah, I have been. Especially recently, because I know that we're gonna have to pick them soon. Yeah. And I'm still planning on doing my uh my theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, we did it. We did it. You got your classics. Yeah. Hey, did you um get to see the House of Gucci yet? No. It. I think it's gonna be this week. Yeah. It just isn't in my local movie theater, and I refuse to drive forty minutes to see a movie. Yeah. I already. No, I to am. Be fair, uh... I did one time drive two and a half hours to see a Godzilla. You did. But, but that's different. That Godzilla movie was only playing in America for five fucking days, people. Yeah. No, that's different. Uh, yeah. No, I'm super excited for that movie. And obviously, what I believe will be my movie of the year comes out as well. So. Uh, is that going to be The Kingsman? Yeah. 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 I think that'll be my movie of the year. So far, so far... It's, I mean, it's going to be real hard for, I think, any movie to knock off Dune to me. Yeah. Dune, by far and away, has been my favorite movie I've seen this year. New movie I've seen. I haven't seen Kingsman yet. No, that's, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, yeah. so far. Yeah. It's my favorite I don't know. I just have... I hope the fact that I have high expectations doesn't do me. But I just don't think they'd make it if... You know. I'm just excited to see Kingsman. Like, I want to see it in like just like a more civilized world, because yeah. I don't think we're gonna get like an ultra violent like, you know, like a Westboro no. Baptist Church scene from the first one, and I don't think we're gonna see, like see any cameras follow a finger into a thong and up a girl's pussy, like we did in the second one. Like, I don't think they're yeah. like. I just feel like World War One is more classy than that. It's going to be gentlemanly, and I'm super excited to see how yes, they do that. And that's what I want the most about it. <laughs> yeah. You know? um, yeah. I'm excited for Rasputin to be the baddie. I think he's going to be the mm-hmm. best villain so far. Uh, yeah. See, I wasn't. I wasn't sure if he was going to be the main one. I know he was in the. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can if hear not, it. I mean, if worst comes to worst he's going to be like the the like chief bodyguard of the big bad one yeah and that's kind of what i think they're going to set up because since they've shown that like i don't know that they would have done that you think that like czar nicholas will be like the bad one or something it's definitely going to be a russian because i think that the point of it is that it's going to lead into the russian revolution that's like what the kingsman did to save the world that's what it seems like. So that, that's I'm, my theory. I'm super excited to see how that plays out. Me um, fucking too, bro. So excited for that, man. I love Kingsman. Yeah. yeah it's going to be so awesome. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. You think it's going to be, you think it's going to be like way better than Spider-Man? Yeah. That's, I don't have a doubt. Yeah. I don't know, dude. I think because that's- here's my thing. Here's my thing with it. And this is my main explanation for why. Kingsman is a succinct story for the most part. I think what they're trying to do with the Spider-Man movie could go south very quickly. 
Oh, I think, yeah, I, I don't think it could go south. I think it will go south. I think that I'm leaning toward yes as well, but yeah, I do not. We think, don't know. I think that I think that like this is certainly one of the things that they're trying to be way too ambitious. Um, a different villain for each different Spider-Man. Like, how are you going to put even that off? More so that, like, dude, you can Maybe. not. We don't know. You can. Okay, so my big problem with Marvel right now, if I can, before we get out of this, my big problem yeah. with Marvel Cinematic Universe is that every single movie ends up being about the world being destroyed somehow or like a global yeah. threat that is my biggest problem with marvel yeah. and that's why I'm there's no hawkeye way new york so can rebuild that often that's why i'm loving hawkeye so much i haven't started it yet but i'm super excited to start yeah. it you know that's, that's my boy love, yeah it's it's so scale <laughs> though like yeah that's why i like the first spider-man movie that they did small scale that's why i liked ant-man small scale yep you know not everything has to be destroyed for a story to yeah, be. I don't. The world cohesive. doesn't need to be at risk here, people. No, it doesn't yeah. have to be an episode of Doctor Who. Especially if it's Spider-Man. <laughs> like, especially Spider-Man yeah. should be a centralized small story. Yeah, and you can't, you know, especially when they're centered in New York for the most part. Yeah, biggest mistake of you can't of, constantly of, destroy New York. Yeah, biggest mistake of of I think uh, a far from home was centering most of it in in Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, Maybe. that's that's why I think that it may not be as good as people hope. It's Spider Man. People are going to see it. We all know that. I mean, yeah, the, yeah. The argument isn't is it going to make money? Because the ad answer is going to no. be yes every single second. It's going to make plenty of money. Yeah, but I, I, yeah. I, the more I've been thinking about it, the more I'm like, this, this is has like a strong, 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 strong chance to be not just like bad, but really bad. And if you think that you're gonna have a Doctor Strange element, what the hell does that do to the story? Besides yeah. everything else you've already talked about wanting to do. And then what? Because uh, do they do the stupid, oh, we didn't complete the mission. <clears throat> do we go back in time and fix you it? You don't do. Okay, here's the deal. If you are a comic book executive making these movies, you do not do one more day. You do not do the storyline one more day. You just don't. That no. is, it's, I that agree. Is, it's as bad as doing a clone saga avengers did it no they fucking did it <laughs> essentially he figured out all the billion different ways that they could lose and they were about to die and then all of a sudden Dr. oh comes no no back. i mean so the storyline one more day in spider-man um it, it, stuff shit happens but in the storyline um Peter Parker goes to the devil and he trades his marriage and any memory he ever had of oh. a marriage with Mary Jane to bring his 95-year-old aunt back to life. Okay. I thought when you meant when we said one day, it was like a one more chance type thing. Yeah. No, 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 no. One more day is a storyline okay. where he gives up being <laughs> Spider-Man for the world's dumbest reason. Oh. Yeah, that's not great. Yeah, that's all I'm feeling <laughs> from this. And once again, you can't do it and make me happy. Yeah. yeah. And I'm already pissed off at all the fucking multiverse shit anyways. 
No. God, I hate it. They're all so, like, none of them make any sense together, and I don't want them to do one movie where they try and tie it all together. Don't. I just don't. Is it too much to not have multiverses in my comic books? Just make movies that are good. Who cares if they tie together? That's DC's strategy right now, though. They're like, we've made too many bad ones. Let's just make random fucking ones now, y'all. That are good. That's good is good. Hopefully. (laughs) I'll tell you what, dude. It's what it's what uh it's what brought back their quality in comics a couple years ago. They did this thing called the New 52, where they rebooted every single storyline and issue and superhero. Nice. Everybody fucking hated it. <laughs> and what they learned from that, though, is that even though people hated that, what was selling more was the mini series, was the like issues, you know, one through seven special edition things. And so yeah, now yeah. they're rebranding as Black Label, which is a huge focus on mature short series storylines. Nice. Yeah, that's what the other side of the like universe is, is, is really okay. That's what um, White Knight, <clears throat> my favorite Batman story, maybe ever released on. Um, anyways, this was a long conversation at the end of this podcast. Oh, good. You have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's coming around time. It's good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll probably cut almost uh, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's fine because we said a whole lot of nothing here yeah yeah well everybody thank you for tuning in as always uh we did the thing as we always do as we always will do vanilla bear that's right yeah and i just want to say once again come into contact with us send us an email uh at popcultureforce at gmail.com review us and give us a thumbs up or five star rating on any uh, podcast platform that you listen to us on Uh, we want to thank you very much over there is the vanilla bear patrick yeah yeah and if you don't know you should know this has been your chocolate bear mundo this has been the two bear media review of course part of the pop culture forest and as always hashtag Batista for Tooth Fairy. I was going to say hashtag Batista for Santa Claus. I guess. (laughs) Hey, a man can be two things. That's true. You're right. Dude, hashtag Batista for Tooth Fairy and Santa Claus. (laughs) Later, guys. Peace.